The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Women's Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericawomen.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders recognized in their fields who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton. Welcome. This is Linda Patton, and I have to tell you that today I have a really powerful and just warm and wonderful person on my show today. And her name is Jackie Opie. Um, and, and she's in Australia and coming to you from there, which I think is just amazing and wonderful. So let me tell you just a little bit about Jackie and why I, I, I had a heartfelt desire to have her on the show and to speak to you, especially about balancing relationships. Um, She works with people to create really meaningful connections and deeper intimacy in their relationships. She helps them to really transform a partnership from being just an everyday routine to being the most passionate and exciting that it could possibly be. Her work is underpinned by more than 15 years of teaching and studying. And listen to this, communications, negotiation, positive psychology, and interpersonal skills. I mean, this woman has a deep understanding of what it takes to create and maintain really deep relationships and intimate ones to those that you're intimate with as well. So I'd like us all to... Welcome, Jackie Opie, to our show today. Jackie, welcome. Thank you so much, Linda, and I'm so honored to be sharing this this time with you and with your beautiful audience. Oh, thank you so very much. Um, Jackie, tell the audience just a little bit about your background and why you work in this particular area. Sure, Linda, and thank you for the opportunity. So, For me, over the last um, 15 years, I've really had a strong focus in business and on the corporate side and in leadership positions. And as a leader, I absolutely loved what I did. And I was often looking at leaders around me to learn and leverage what I could from their skill set. And often what I found was that many leaders had had the ability to connect with people to to a certain level, but then their relationship would get to a point where they didn't know how to um, deepen or strengthen the relationship they had with their colleagues. And so that then took me into a journey of studying communication to understand it at a really deep level. And after a lot of study, I then went into training communication. And so for 12 years, I've run my own business teaching people how to connect with each other at a very deep level and most of that work has been done within the corporate within the corporate space so a lot of the work that I do is around interpersonal communication really teaching people how to connect in with firstly themselves and have a good understanding of themselves and then allowing that to 
to transverse into the connection that they have with other people. And um, through that work that I've done, Linda, I also then started talking to people about their intimate relationships to find out more about how I could make my own intimate relationship much better. Craig and I had been married for 23 years and about six years ago we found ourselves in a really tough spot and I thought, wow, I spend all this time in the corporate space helping people with their communication and interpersonal skills. But when it came to my personal relationships, I was really struggling. So I then dove into looking at how intimate relationships are made up. And what I realized was the similarities between what I had learned and studied and taught for 12 years in the corporate space was very, very similar to what I needed and the skill set that I needed in my intimate relationship. So that was really exciting for me because I realized I had this skill set. I just wasn't applying it in my intimate relationship. And that's where I saw a massive turnaround. And so since then, I've really spent a lot of my time helping couples in their relationship to reconnect with each other as well. And Jackie, I think that's so powerful that you can use what you've learned in the corporate setting and really apply it to all of the relationships that you have in your life. Excuse me, there might be just some nuances that are different, but the basic skills and experience that you have can translate across relationships. And that's just really, really powerful. I do have to tell you, Jackie, that my husband and I celebrated their, our 42nd anniversary. Oh, my gosh, uh, Linda. Congratulations. Thank you. And I love to tell people that this is a man who still curls my toes. Oh. and. He, I, I think part of it is that we've never stopped courting each other, that we work on the relationship as though it was brand new and that we had to, I don't want to say win, but that we had to really build the deepness of the relationship every day and that you couldn't sort of sit back and go, well, I got that one now, I can move on to something else. And I think that's oftentimes a, a struggle that very intimate uh, relationships have is the fact that you it becomes um, almost uh, routine and you don't continue to put that effort in and you don't continue to look for things that that excite and really get your juices flowing and so the relationship collapses and then at that point you oftentimes say well we just grew apart mm-hmm. and part of it is that you just didn't work on it would you agree with that I absolutely agree with that, Linda. Just some things that you said, you know, you never stopped courting each other. Mm-hmm. And when we look at how um, people interact in the corporate space, you look at employees that have been with an organization for long periods of time, they're often overlooked for new employees that come into the business because that seems more exciting and there's mm-hmm. more energy in that relationship. And so often um, in our intimate relationships, we become so complacent and we don't we stop trying really hard and you've said that you look for you know you built depth in your relationship every single day which is so powerful most people get into a routine as you said the excitement goes and then they say later on yes we did grow apart when in actual fact what they don't want to have to say is, is that they stopped trying yeah and i think that's such such a sad statement to make about relationships that that often happens. Something else that I found in in an industry that I used to work with um, and still do to some degree, which is network distribution, otherwise known as multi-level marketing and that kind of thing, is that they don't build 
those deep relationships. They like to say they do, but when you get an email that says, hi, sort of what have you done for me today? You know, have you done your auto ship? Have you got a new team member? You know, that kind of thing without, and you haven't talked to this person for, let's say, six months. And my first response to that was, well, and hello to you too. So how are you doing? Um, What's going on in your life today? And rather than doing that, it's the short, crisp message about what have you done for me today? And I think we find that in corporate oftentimes as well. Um, You know, you talked about the the long-serviced employee, and it's as long as you're doing something for me each day, I don't have to connect with you. We'll talk about salespeople just a bit. But Jackie, would you sort of say that that's what you're seeing as well? I see a lot of that, Linda, in terms of it's just what what are you doing for me? What have you done and what are you going to do? And I see this even in performance management where for the most part employees are being um, spoken to as though they're just a commodity within an organization. And I don't think we do this on purpose. I think we fall into, as you said, with intimate relationships, we fall into habits of having the same conversations and having them in the same way that we've been taught or that we've been led to believe that's the way to have a conversation. And I believe those conversations is what drives a wedge between between leaders and their team. I, I so agree with you. And so I also have one question. You know, you, you have to, in some respects, be careful about your relationships and so one of the things that, you know, you're building deep relationships, there's a sense of intimacy in this, but how do you know when you've crossed the line? And I'll give you an example. You know, in the military, I spent many years there, um, it, it's very clear. The lines are very well uh, demarcated. You know, you, you don't fraternize with, you know, if you're an officer with the enlisted um, you know, it's very, very prescribed as to what you can do and, and sort of where your relationships come from. And yet in corporate, you don't have that clear line of demarcation. So how do you know when you're getting, in essence, too deep where you're crossing the line and it may become uncomfortable rather than being a comfortable relationship? Look, this is something, Linda, that that leaders really are highly aware of mm-hmm. because there's so much around compliance and policies that really does govern what we do and it is so easy to cross that line. And I believe in my heart of hearts that when people have the right intention, when they, in their spirit, their sole intention is to build a strong connection with their team for the purposes of the benefit of the organization as a whole, it becomes more difficult to cross that line. And I think we've become so fearful of crossing the line that we don't even come close to it in many cases. We don't want to put ourselves at risk of being seen to cross that line. So more what I see is people not even coming close to the line. And when they do come close to the line, they themselves back away and think that they're about to overstep it. So I, I believe in my heart of hearts, it starts off with what's in your heart, what the spirit of what you're trying to achieve is, and respecting and acknowledging that there is a line. And once that line is crossed, so many things are challenged. Trust is broken. Um, the opportunity to continue to develop the, the relationship is broken. 
So I understand the fear that for a lot of leaders that comes with getting to that line and, and finding themselves in a really tricky situation. The key is really to just follow the guidelines that the organization has. And I know that within, you know, within the army, this is one of the areas that is really challenging for people because in the past, the line has been crossed and people have done the wrong thing. But I believe that their intention at heart was to have done the wrong thing in the first place. So with the right kind of spirit, knowing that you are following all of the guidelines and that your main, your core is to keep yourself safe and to keep your team members safe, do everything from that spirit. I think that's so true. Uh, again, it, I believe that your intention and your heart really govern where where that relationship is going. And you talked uh, a while ago in a conversation we had before about balancing the connection and the professionalism. And one of the challenges that I often find with leaders is knowing when you're becoming invasive. And I think you mentioned the fact that we sort of separate, we step back rather than stepping into the relationship. And I think in a lot of cases, leaders are concerned that, gee, if I ask them about their personal life, like what's going on in the family and, you know, how's your husband doing? How about your kids? You know, have they done anything exciting recently? And that kind of thing, that they're being that they're being invasive, that they're probing into personal areas that perhaps are not something that um, would be valued, wanted in a corporate setting. So how do you balance that? That's a really good question, Linda. And this is the work that I love doing because when we talk about how to connect with people, with every single person, it's going to be different based on their personality style, based on, um, you know, whether they're open to to having those conversations and even based on their past experiences where there may have been a time when they've shared too much with somebody and that's been used against them. It's all about that person, that individual and what is meaningful for them. So, for example, you know, for me in my workplace, I loved being able to really connect with people around family and family events. So for me, one way as opposed to questioning people about their their family was to actually invite their family in. And those people who mm. felt comfortable opening up their family would bring their families to those family events. Or, you know, we might run a, a breakfast session before work and sometimes it would be employees only and other times it would be bring your kids or bring family with you or it could be on the weekend. There are some people that are so comfortable to uh, entrench their family into their their corporate lives and then others who just have a line themselves, they go, you know what, this is professional, this is what I share in my professional domain, everything outside of that is personal. So it is being able to go with where the, the team member is happy to go. If we're doing it for our own purposes as a leader, thinking that that's the best we can do, we've got to engage them around their family and everybody else, then that's really about us. It's not about the team member. I think that's that's very insightful, Jackie, and and I love what you're talking about. You know, I, the first aspect, as I see it, is you got you need to know the person's personality style. What are they comfortable with? Are they, you know, I almost want to say. Uh, 
introverted, but that's not the word I really want to use. Are they more, are they less people and relationship oriented and they're more task oriented? So inviting them to a breakfast or a family event is something that they, they might, you know, kind of shy away from and say, well, as you said, no, 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 that's not part of the professional image that I have. And, and I want this to be a more professional relationship rather than a personal one. So, I, and I love the examples that you've given that, you know, open up your home, bring the family in, take them to breakfast, whatever it might be. And so, listeners, I want you to think about that. Where have you opened your heart up and invited people into it, including the families and the people that they're close to? And we'll be right back. Voice America Women. Your passion starts here. Let leadership expert Linda Patton be your guide to uncovering the leader that lives within you and that you are meant to be. Through her signature training programs and workshops, Linda takes you every step of the way to help you tap into your personal leadership power, design a clear vision, build a loyal, effective team, and create a practical plan to make your dream come true. Get started now by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Voice America Women. Your passion starts here. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. And welcome back. 
during the break, Jackie and I had uh, an opportunity to look at some of the things that we were talking about and, and the depth of relationships and how to know when you know, you've crossed the line, when you've, you've attempted to go deeper than the individual wants you to go. So, Jackie, my question to you is, so what does it mean to really balance a relationship with your team members so that you don't find yourself in awkward situations? Linda, it's a really great question and that balancing really does come back to what you're comfortable with as well. You know, we mm-hmm. spoke we spoke just before the break about your employees have to be happy with that invitation to open up. But it's also about the leader themselves being comfortable with going into that space. You've probably seen this before. You can see when people are uncomfortable in an interaction. Now, this is not to say don't step outside of your comfort zone, but you can see when people are naturally more people-focused that for them it's really easy to find that balance in the in a relationship with, with one of their team members where they'll go from being that corporate Um, you know, the corporate reflection through to being quite friendly and they seem to very naturally fall in and out of um, those different modes. Whereas for other people who, you mentioned the difference between people and task focused, Mm -hmm. somebody who's very task focused may find it very challenging to find that balance with an employee, with one of their team members to really connect in with them. So it comes back to being comfortable in yourself as well. And it's also I believe, skills that we can practice to finding that balance. So like any new skill set, communication and connection is exactly the same. And it's having goals around what you want to achieve. So finding that balance with somebody is also knowing why you want to do it. One of the best reasons to create a strong connection with employees is because the number one reason people leave organizations, and you know this in your heart of hearts, Linda, and from the work Mm -hmm. that you do, is because of leaders. And so having that connection with a leader means that there is a more, there's a high likelihood that people will stay within the organization if they have a strong connection with the person who is directly leaving them. So building that connection, that's why it's so important. Yeah, and Jackie, I, I so agree with you that it does come from the leader. There, And there's that sense of, I mean, leadership is influence. And, you know, I, I come out of the military where we commanded. You know, I, I used to say, you know, it's really tough walking into a room and being the senior person in the room and not have anybody stand up because that's mm-hmm. what I was used to. Um, You get used to, you know, you walk outside, you pass somebody, they salute you, um, unless you have a sergeant like I did who wanted to walk around the block before he saluted me, Um, you know, that kind of thing. But (laughs) you're used to things just happening because of your rank. And it's so different, even in corporate, um, how you have to, in essence, earn that influence. You have to earn that respect from the people who are working with you. It's not a given. And especially for entrepreneurs where you're working with um, you know, contractors and people who are not necessarily employees and who have a whole different agenda than you have. How do you influence them? How do you build a relationship with them so they want to do the work with you? And, and that's, I think, one of the big challenges as well. And then you have individuals who you know, I, I came from a family where my mom said, um, build walls high and thick because your friends will stab you in the back. 
So it's it was difficult for me to step into relationships and to trust that I could be open, I could go from my heart, I could be vulnerable, wouldn't come back that- to bite me. So have you worked with have you worked with individuals like that? And if so, what what key wisdom do you have for them? Linda, I just really want to honor you because you've said that you've been in a 40 plus year relationship with your partner mm-hmm. and to have come from the experience that you have come from um, and have created that for yourself and the business that you have and the relationship that you have, I just honor, I really honor that because that would have been really challenging and you would have been working against everything that you were brought up with. Yeah, so very true. Mm. And t- t- let's say an insult to injury, I was an only child of older parents. So I really didn't have any role models to work from. Um, while my mom and dad were in a very, again, a very committed, very loving relationship, and I learned my relationship skills in my marriage from them, um, I did not learn how to how to deal with people my own age and you know mm. peers and, and that kind of thing. So it, it has been an interesting learning experience for me. I can see that it has. And, and on that, you know, when we're working with anybody, we have, and I, I, well, this is one of the things that I teach when I'm talking about interpersonal skills. Mm-hmm. People come to every relationship with all of their past, with every piece of them. And so even although we say, you know, in the workplace, we have to be professional. Sure, how we act is professional, but behind the scenes is everything, all of our past experiences, what our parents taught us about relationships, what they didn't teach us about relationships. There's so much in there um, that they bring to the bring to that relationship. So, you know, talking about a balanced relationship and how we get that, there's ways that we can do this as leadership. And I think that organizations are very often top-heavy with their formal connection, their formal catch-up, so their professional development, the quality of a relationship, I believe, with a team member is built up in the informal catch-ups that we have, in the informal conversations where we don't, where we don't specifically want something from one, one of our team members. And that's, you know, because when we're talking about balance, yes, there's the really structured meetings, but balance would be where's the informal conversations that we're having where is the space that we're creating for people to build a deeper connection? And in that space, we get to do things like ask opinions and for people's views and show an interest in who they are as a person and showing our pers- our own human side as well. Yeah, I think that's um, the insight there is just incredible. I think you're so so very right that relationships are really built more on the informal I love the word catch-ups um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the next to the water cooler um, conversations that you have or the ones in the break room or whatever it is it's not in the formal communications that you have with the individuals in your team uh, and I think that's that's really great insight the, I think the challenge though can often be with the leader especially if you're, again, more task-oriented than people-oriented, is being invited into those informal conversations. So how would you suggest that someone who, again, is more task-oriented and and has a larger challenge with, you know, just striking up a conversation with somebody, how would you suggest that they begin those conversations? 
That is such a good question, Linda. And at the moment, I'm coaching a client who has is having this very same challenge. Um, so even when it is an informal catch-up, there can still be an agenda. For people who are not, you know, can't naturally go into that conversation, I would suggest that they maybe have three questions that they go into an informal catch-up with so that they don't have that uncomfortable silence of, oh, my goodness, what am I going to talk about? An informal catch-up can still have an agenda. It's just that it's not an agenda on a piece of paper handed to them before the meeting. (laughs) It's more something that you have in your mind before you go in. So it could be something like, you know, tell me a little bit about um, how was your weekend, you know, or what are the things that you like to get up to when you're outside of work, if it's an informal catch-up. So you could have three questions that you have ready and prepared that will break the ice and create a connection with that person. And all those questions have to be positioned, showing an interest in the other person and trying to make sure that they're not directly work related, because otherwise it's going to sound like it's a performance review. Yeah. So making sure that it's not directly work-related, but maybe something around a common interest that you have. And and this is this is 101 rapport building. Because mm-hmm. once you've got that, and the key is to remember it as well. So once you've got that information, it just makes it that much easier for the next one-on-one catch-up that you have that's informal. Um, and you continue to build on it. But it's not you're not going to go into one the initial informal catch-up with somebody and learn everything about them because that's going to sound like an interrogation. And, you know, <laughs> coming from the army, people will know. <laughs> oh, yeah. That they'll know what that feels like as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I check out. I find this just extremely interesting. I, I love the idea of having three questions. Um, I also love the idea, and it's something that I encourage leaders to do, is to keep track of the information that you get and feed it back to them. So, for example, if you're calling a potential client and they haven't um, joined you or they haven't become uh, an actual client yet, to go back to them with, gee, I know you were having XYZ challenges. How's that going today? Um, You know, have have you been able to resolve that? You know, what's, what's going? So, really to feed back to them what you've learned so that they know that you cared enough to remember it. And to really be curious about how's it going now? Have you been able to deal with that? You know, your, your son or daughter was, uh, you know, applying for colleges. So how's it going? Have they gotten any acceptance letters yet? Have they decided where they're going? Are you going to go on any college visit trips right now? You know, that kind of thing. So you can then sort of use what you learned the first go round to uh, springboard to more information and again not making it sound like it's invasive and that you know I'm asking for personal details and and that kind of thing um, does does that often work for individuals as well it's so important Linda and this is where you, and you'll know this from the work that you do with network marketers mm-hmm. is the detail is in the follow-up the, the success is in the follow-up and it's exactly the same with our with our team members What's the? There is no point to getting all of that information if, in some way, we're not going to use it to reconnect, and that's where the depth and the value of the conversation comes about, and where we can offer the support that we that you know people may need from us to be able to say, you know, I know that you're 
your son's applying for college and it's been really stressful for you, is there anything that I can do to support you? Or do you need some time to be able to to make that a reality? Or what, what can we do to support you? I think the power is in that. And it can be really, it can be more damaging to have that information and never, ever come back to it. Because what that can seem like is, well, what was the point? Why did, why did you even catch up if you're never going to ask me again how I am or how my son is or how I'm going with whatever I raised with you? What was the point of having the conversation in the first place? Yeah, I think that's so critical that, you know, again, it's that sense of caring that I'm not just doing this for information's sake, but I really care about you and I really want to build a deeper relationship than you know, the super the superficial stuff that we see on uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, you know, it's very, very superficial. We don't dig deeply. And uh, I, I tell this story uh, a bit. I loved being in a restaurant with my husband and it was, um, you know, we were celebrating, um, you know, just because it was the end of the week. And we're sitting next to a 20-something couple. They're not saying a thing. They both have their phones out. They're both texting and what we discovered was they were texting each other at the table because they had no idea how to have a, a, a conversation that connected them except via text. And I think that's a really sad commentary on kind of where we're going as a, as a culture. Mm. Yes, I, I absolutely agree with you. It's, I was in a cafe the other day and I, I looked around me and I did exactly the same thing to discover that most people even when they're sitting on their own or in a, in a group or a couple uh, on their phones, and I've noticed this a lot with um, people with children as well, handing over their, their um, technology devices to entertain, entertain our kids. And I honestly, when, when I've, some of the research that I've looked into around how our phones and technology is changing our brain and changing the way that we connect with each other and communicate with each other, it's really scary. Um, companies have become very smart, organizations have become very smart about how uh, they promote us using our digital devices uh, to the point mm-hmm. where we receive a dopamine hit when we are on social media or on our phones. And it, it is very scary. It is, it is impacting our relationships um, and our brain. It's quite, a, well, quite astounding. Yeah, and Jackie, I think it was very telling when I was talking to somebody about, uh, and this is not a, a necessarily a pleasant subject to be talking about, but she was working on the suicide hotline, and she said, we have to have a number where they can text in, because while older individuals will call in, the younger folks will text in. Mm. So again, they still don't want to have that intimate relationship, that that voice-to-voice kind of relationship. And I think that's really, um, it is telling about what's going on in the world today. So listeners, think about that. Think about the relationships that you have. Are they face-to-face? Are they on the phone? Or are they only by text? And we'll be back in just a moment. Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. 
Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. That's Linda at dare, the number two, dreamwithlinda.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Let leadership expert Linda Patton be your guide to uncovering the leader that lives within you and that you are meant to be. Through her signature training programs and workshops, Linda takes you every step of the way to help you tap into your personal leadership power, design a clear vision, build a loyal, effective team, and create a practical plan to make your dream come true. Get started now by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at dare to dream with Linda.com. That's Linda at dare, the number two, dream with Linda.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. The Voice America Women's Channel. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back. And I hope that you had an opportunity to breathe and think about how do I communicate with people? Do I do it face-to-face? Do I do it, as they used to say, kneecap to kneecap? Um, do I do it on the phone? Am I strictly a technology geek? You know, Do I just use e- uh, email? Do I just use Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever it might be? And I really sort of separate myself from that intimate relationship and as I'm sure Jackie would say that that is not the way to build deeper relationships through emails and um, other technology, but it is that truly that face-to-face, voice-to-voice uh, communication that I think really gives us the relationships that we're looking for as a leader. And so, Jackie, I have um, an interesting question for you. You work both on the corporate side, and so you're working with leaders in companies, um, entrepreneurs, and that kind of thing. And then you also have a practice working with people on their more intimate relationships. So how do the two blend? How do you um, 
use the skills you learn lose excuse me you learn in one area to um, really build a deeper relationship on the other side and it could go either way you might have a really great personal skills and then how do you translate that to business and vice versa that's a really great question and I get really excited with this Linda because most people that I come into contact with have over the years of their corporate lives have done a lot of professional development. And so my first uh, suggestion is to go back and look at the skill set that you have built as a leader and go, what in here is useful for me to use in my intimate relationship that I'm not already using? So I'll give you an example. Emotional intelligence is one of the most trained um skill sets in within leaders uh, at the moment and has been for the last say 10 to 15 years most leaders that I speak to have done some level of emotional intelligence training so one of the skill sets that people learn when it comes to emotional intelligence Linda is really about how to connect into the feeling of what's happening for them uh, in any given moment so in a conversation rather than jumping to an answer it's really sitting with and connecting with how somebody feels in the conversation. So this, as a skill set in, in the corporate space, is so critically important. But when you translate that into an intimate relationship and that actually being able to sit there and hear somebody and really feel into what they're saying, well, the skill set is already there. It's translating it into what that looks like in an intimate relationship. Okay, and so just in some degree, you're talking about when you're, you're dealing with feelings, it also is what's known in the vernacular as deep listening, mm. so that you're not just listening to the words, but you're listening to the feelings. You're listening, you're looking at, you know, what's the facial expression? What am I feeling? What am I hearing? What am, you know, all of that, um, not just the words that are coming out of the person's mouth, Right. Absolutely. And I believe that we can listen at a level one or a level 10. So level one listening is where we're formulating an answer in our mind while the other person's talking. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Or a level 10 listening where exactly that we're deep listening. We're listening to the words, the tone of voice, the body language and for the feeling that's there and watching their body language and the expression that's coming from them. Now, for some people, if they've learned those skills in the workplace – they may not take that same skill set and go, well, how does this apply in my intimate relationship and how can I build a strong, deep connection with my partner? And the value of that is people who are happy at home are happier at work. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a saying out there that, you know, happy wife, happy life. It's true. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I also think it's, it's, you mentioned you know, like level one listening and the fact that that's where your formula, it's what I call the egocentric predicament. I'm more con- concerned about either the answer or the next question I'm going to ask than really hearing what you're saying. And I find this oftentimes happens in sales situations, especially in like stores where they have products there. And it's always interesting when they have a special on a particular product and you come in and they say, how can I help you? And you say, I want, you know, something that has this, 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 and this, and this. And they go, oh, yeah. And they show you, 
the item that's on that's on sale and they're getting a bigger bonus on, they say, well, here's this. And you ask them the question, well, does it have this? No. How about that? No. And it's sort of like, did you hear what I said? Um, because this is obviously not the product that I want. And so, you know, how do you break a salesperson out of that level one listening so that they get a little deeper into the conversation and can actually serve, you know, servant leadership, um, the clients that they have stepping up to them? That's a really great question. And having experience in sales, I was a real estate agent for um, six years and I was very, very successful at it. And I, I know in my heart of hearts that the reason I was able to be so successful in real estate was because of the listening, was because of the ability to really hear in and feel what the other person was saying and be able to shift like a chameleon um, my skill set and my personality and my communication style to suit what it was that they needed, but also to work at their pace. And for salespeople who are in it for the long haul, recognize that the referral from somebody is so much more important than the sale in front of them. And what so, I mean by that, sorry, yeah, Linda? That's so true that it's mm. it's the customer service and from that the referral that really builds your business not just that one sale I so agree with that yeah it's looking at it from the the much longer perspective what does what is this going to look like in three years time and real estate agents often come under fire because of their sales strategies and sales techniques and for me it was such a beautiful challenge to have to really shift how people thought about salespeople. Um, and take the opportunity to be in relationship building. I very rarely did I see myself myself in sales. I saw myself as being in relationship building, and that's that. where those yeah. that's where those yeah. years of corporate training and the professional development really did serve me well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's setting aside your own ego and your own agenda, and really understanding what the needs are of the person who's in front of you, and you know what what do they want and how how do they want to be talked to and, and all of that. I remember, got years ago, uh, we were looking at moving back up to Northern California and we had this just awesome real estate agent who'd sold us our first house. And as he's taking us around, I come out and I go, if you show me another pink bathroom, we're, we're done. And so the last house we looked at, he said, give me a minute, I'm going to go in and see if there's a pink bathroom. If there is, we won't even go in. But he listened to what I said, and so we ended up actually buying that house because it was perfect for us, and it did not have a pink bathroom. Um, so I, I think that's that's really important, and I know several of my colleagues work on referral marketing and the fact that those referrals are gold, and you have to really treat them as though they're gold um, because that referral is actually someone else's reputation that you have in your hand. Uh, if you don't treat the customer well, it's going to f- go back to the person who referred them to you in the first place, right? Mm, absolutely. That's it. Linda, I just wanted to circle back to to the question about how we, um, how our corporate skills really can be used in our intimate relationship. One of the things that I think is so critically important and guides us in the workspace is some of the, the rules of engagement that we have. And what I find with a lot of people that I do work with in their intimate relationship is that they have forgotten that there are rules of engagement when it comes to communication and there's a way to speak to each other. 
And where in the workplace we're quite often governed by, you know, policies. We can't yell and scream at each other. We can't swear at each other. Um, we have to be not guarded, but we have to think about what we say before we say it because there's a likelihood if we just say whatever we want to that we'll end up in a in a HR issue. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in, in our intimate relationships we do forget that who we're speaking to is our lifelong partner and the connection that we have with this person is more important than the connection we have with anybody else and yet sometimes the things we say to that person can be downright mean and cruel. And so I have what I call, uh, this is from one of my mentors, a code of honour, which is guidelines in my relationship for how we do and don't speak to each other. Because even even um, boxers, even somebody getting into a boxing ring has rules on how they fight. And I believe that a relationship needs rules on how we fight as well and how we interact with each other and communicate. And so one of the successes that I believe people can have in their intimate relationship is have some guidelines and rules for how they actually how they engage with each other when it gets serious um, and that's to protect both parties yeah I, I think that is absolutely critical and it, it in some respects it's something that you decide on early in the relationship is how will you engage how will you fight um, you know Will you respect each other? Will you listen to both sides of the argument? Um, and do you have a code of honor around that? And I think that's brilliant. Um, you know, I sort of wish that all couples had that ability and actually used it um, so that you know we, we could avoid a lot of the divorce and the acrimony that we often find in relationships and can have that closer, more intimate relationship. That, I think that's fantastic. Um, because you're absolutely right. We do have rules of how we talk to employees, um, how we talk to our customers. Um, you no more would yell at a customer, you know, your very dearest customer who brings you in the most amount of business. And yet some of the things that you would say to your husband, wife, significant other are things you would never say to anyone else. And yet, as you said, this is the most important relationship in your life. Mm-hmm. And how are you treating that individual? Um, I know my husband had um, some interesting challenges, um, not well, yeah, in our intimate relationship, but also with our children. Um, and and I talked to a psychology friend of mine who says uh, we film our parents, we watch them and how they interact as a couple, and we learn how to interact with our close relationships. We see them and how they deal with us as children. How do they discipline? How do they talk to us? Um, what kind of freedom do they give us? And that kind of thing. And my husband's dad died when he was 17. And I watched my husband when the kids were around that 16, 17 age range begin to disconnect from them. And I thought, okay, well, you know, he, he's going to be very emotional when, they, when we empty nest. And so he's just beginning to, you know, plan and and get ready for that and that kind of thing and in talking to my colleague he said no he just has no picture of what a man does with children of that age so what would you say to that well I think the first thing is is recognizing or having somebody else on the outside see it 
it's very hard to self-assess with something like that. And that is the value of having an outsider look mm-hmm. in who has some insight so that they can um, make an assessment. And that the power in that is absolutely huge. When you are having challenges, go and get help and support and do not wait too long because yes. the ground that is lost with um, with development and growth when we don't go and seek out help and it's traditionally people have feared looking for help yet sometimes in the corporate space we're like oh I've got to develop this skill set great I'll go and study something but when it comes to our own growth and recognizing that we're in a hole and we need help people are often reticent to go and seek the help and my advice is always go and seek help get as much help as you can because that will help you grow and see the next stage. That's in perfect, terms Jackie. Of, yeah, um, and it's sorry, you go, Linda. That's okay. Um, and I know that you help people do this. So could you tell us just a little bit about the free gift you're offering to my audience? Absolutely, and thank you for the opportunity to do that, Linda. I, what I believe is that the skill set that we have around emotional intelligence is underutilized in our personal relationships so what I'd love to offer is a report that I've put together for your audience that they can um, download and that is access to everything that I know about emotional intelligence and how they can use those skills in their own intimate relationship and also within their team so that they have the best possible outcome for the connections that they do have with the people who matter around them. Terrific. And Jackie, that will be on my website and people can access that by going to www.dare2dreamwithlinda.com. And so if you want more information, you have questions, you want to see how to dig deeper into the art of herding cats, that's the place to go. Or send me an email at linda at dare2dreamwithlinda.com. And don't forget that Leadership Inspiration is coming up soon, 52 weeks of inspirational quotes and teachings. Um, Jackie, I'd like to thank you so very much for being my guest today. It's been an awesome conversation, and I thank you for that. It's been my absolute pleasure, Linda, and I'm so honored to be invited to speak with you and your beautiful guests. Thank you. And until next time, be courageous, dare to lead. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Stars. Please join Linda Patton for another engaging edition of our program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll feature another noted leader next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Women's Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericawomen.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.